Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 56 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts we all agree to live by. I'm your host, The Raspberries, with my co-host, The Buck Grundle, bringing you new and informa- new and interesting stories from all over the air. I almost got through that flawlessly, and I, and I boshed it at the end, but that's okay. So, Buck, this week, you're not waking me up. I was actually already up. But then you complained when I said, okay, let's do this. And you're like, I'm just going out of bed. <laughs> How's it feel, mother? I, I wasn't. Hey, it, it wasn't It wasn't quite like that. I was just like, oh, damn. I literally just got out of bed and I was coming over to my battle station to, like, set everything up. You know, and it was just, it was more of like a, like a wow instead of a bummer. Bummer. So, yeah, that is what it. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm always happy to hear from you, man. I have I have almost no life. You are probably like, I don't know, thirty percent of my of my like exposure to the outside world here. So I, I don't know. It seems like know. from the way you were interacting with somebody a few minutes ago, it seems like you have a studio audience today. Well, um, I did until he left my living room to go make a phone call. But no, it's my neighbor. Um, turns out that the guy who replaced my old neighbor, David, is like, I don't know, like, so much cooler. Oh. I, I was trying to find... <laughs> I mean, I just... There was no way to fucking polish that turd, man. Like, I just had to say it. I was trying to I was trying to beat around the bush, but no, it's just fact. Charles is like four billion times cooler. Plus, he's like, you know, less than half David's age. I mean that played a big part. In it. So, so uh, dude, I saw some interesting pictures you posted on uh, social media this week. Not not public social media, private social media. So, <laughs> as private as social media gets, anyway. What the hell's up with that story? Well, um, we went on family vacation this week. Uh, no, no, Tuesday, who, Wednesday. who who went on family vacation? I was I was about ready to get there. Okay. I was say on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, my family and I, which is caregiver Katie and my two children. Okay, we were down in Colonial Williamsburg, and when driving home from the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, rip off. Home, I mean, uh, it is. But we got down there at a Tuesday at like four, and we needed something to do, so it was like. That's it. We're driving home or back to the hotel, and my youngest looks up and uh, goes, "Oh, a Hooters." My oldest goes, "Dad would never take us to a Hooters." My youngest starts arguing. Well, I don't think he would either, but it would be nice to go. And I was like, <laughs> I looked at caregiver Katie, and I was like, "What do you say we have uh, Hooters tomorrow for dinner?" And both my kids are in the back. They they both just light up. Okay. And I have a trans kid, uh, you know, who identifies as a, or who is a boy, you know, and then a, uh, a daughter. But either way, they're two biological females. And they want to go to a freaking Hooters. Like, what, what, what kind of, like, I didn't have to play kickball when they were growing up. Hmm? Huh? Now they want to go to a Hooters. Huh? It's like, 
I like tea parties and hooters better than kickball and anything else any day of the week. It worked out so great. So we go in there to the hooters and my kids are sitting there and my oldest one looks at me and they and he goes, Dad, my eyes are wandering. <laughs> We're at a Hooters. And I was like It's kind of the point. I was just <laughs> sitting there. I was like, that you do realize that the uniform is not just for aesthetic, you know. The the, the wings the wings are not what I come here for. I'm I much prefer the thighs and breasts. But so I embar- I further embarrass them. I uh, I uh, I say, you know what? How about a picture? And they were like, what? Well, like what? Like outside of the store? I was like, ah, let's call some of the Hooters girls over here. See if they'll take a picture with you. And they both just like crumbled. <laughs> I, was like, you know I was like, I think we'll take this and and make it like a really upper decks Hooters experience. And the waitress came over and I was like, hey. How about we take two of those shirts off the rack and we get all the Hooters girls you got running around here to sign the back up for my kids. And then we'll call them all in here in a nice little Hooter huddle and have ourselves a family picture so that we can send it to their mother. Oh, oh, yeah. And... I made that happen. <laughs> I just like everything that I just said actually happened, including the picture, including sending it to their mother, including all of it. And it was just it was just a really great memory. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and uh and caregiver Katie's response to all of this. <laughs> Oh, she was cheering along the whole time. Caregiver Katie is totally down with Hooters. I just didn't know about the uh, the concept of sending the picture to their mother. <laughs> oh, we were eating it up. I mean, Caregiver Kate. No offense to my ex-wife, but that is this is this is essentially my time. Nope, oh, I think we lost Buck. He says this is my time, and then somebody reaches out through the nether and just and strangles him. So now we've lost Buck. Oh my lord! I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't know if he's coming back. He might. He, nope. We've completely lost him. Video's gone and everything. So we're gonna carry on just a few seconds longer without Buck. But <laughs> I, I think that uh, the ex has done reached through the internet and uh, and killed his connection because of what he was about to say. <laughs> so your your internet kind of took a took a dump there, Buck. What heck, man? Well, no, I don't think it was the internet. I think it was the actual computer that I'm using. It is. Uh, it is. It is in dire need of replacement, and it is actually being replaced somewhere in the next two to three weeks. Its replacement should arrive via mail. What'd you get? An iMac. Of course he did. You want to know why, though? Because I am finally in a position in my life where I can get whatever the hell I want for myself, and I'm going to do it. You do you, man. I am doing me. All right, let's jump into our stories here before you lose connection again. Uh, the title of this episode is, well, let's just read the story and you'll, you'll figure it out. Uh, this is being reported by the ABC News 10 out of Albany. 
McDonald's manager quits mid-shift, posts, I hate this job in drive-thru. Yes. I, I love an epic quit, you know? <laughs> I love it when somebody rage quits on their job. <laughs> uh, the subtitle for this story is, and the title of this episode, You Can Take This Job and Mick Shove It. A manager at McDonald's in Louisville, Kentucky, allegedly walked off the job earlier this week and informed customers of the decision with a sign posted to the drive through speaker. We are closed because I'm quitting and I hate this job. <laughs> and it, the pictures of the sign are spreading on social media. Twitter user Great, Great Ape Dad first took note of the sign on Monday. Within days, his post had earned more than 200,000 likes and thousands of retweets. In a follow-up tweet, he claimed he felt uh, compelled to learn the backstory and even went to speak with an employee who confirmed the manager's abrupt departure. <laughs> I spoke with the staff at McDonald's today. It turns out the sign was put up by a night shift manager who suddenly quit and left up overnight. That's what it says. A representative for McDonald's has not responded to a request for comment, but Great Ape Dad claims that this particular Louisville location has had its share of difficulties in previous weeks. In comments of his Twitter post, Great Ape Dad said the monitor of <laughs> the restaurant's drive-thru had recently stopped working. As a result, employees allegedly hung a different sign in the same spot informing customers that the ice cream and milkshake machines were broken too. Uh, the Twitter user theorized that staff shortages may have contributed to the manager's resignation. Workers are already stretched to their limits before the pandemic. Of course, people are going to break under these conditions, he tweeted. <laughs> I, I love an epic quit, you know. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the movie Office Space, Buck. <laughs> and, you know what? I... I thought that movie was a little annoying, but I I did find it humorous in a lot of ways. Any scene where he just after he gets a case of the fuckets and just is <laughs> going through the office, not giving a crap. I I love that. That was a good montage. That was a good fucking montage. Yes, I think my favorite's when he like just un unfastens the cubicle and pushes the wall over so he can see out the window. <laughs> But, I mean, this guy, not only did he just walk out, he actually made a sign saying, I'm quitting because I hate this job, and posted it outside. <laughs> this took forethought and, and follow-through. Yeah, I mean, he, he he burnt the bridge and salted the fucking earth behind him. I mean, like, that was it. There's, there's nothing left there. Have you ever had any epic quits? Not a one. Really? Never. I, I've i never quit work uh, in, in, like, a terrible way. <laughs> Not in a terrible way. Well, like, I had, to, I had to leave my job with the insurance company because, you know, my ex-wife wanted to move to South Carolina. I was not happy about having to leave that job. So, I quit, but it wasn't an epic quit. Fair enough. But what do you think about rolling up to McDonald's and just seeing a sign on the monitor that says, I hate this job and I quit. We're closed. I would go to a different location. You were, like, no fun at all. You know, there was... No, I mean... No, I mean, like, even if they were still open, like, dude closed the store, good for him. But if I were to, like, pull up to an open McDonald's drive through with that on the, on the, on the sign, I'd, I'd be like, 
I'm I'm not that hungry. Like I don't know what's in that food. I would go to a different store. I wouldn't ever go to that McDonald's again. <laughs> I mean, like, that's just me. I'd be like, whatever is going on in that place, I don't want it on my food. <laughs> like, that's that. You know, you ask me what I would do. I mean, like, that's what I would do. Now, I, if I were to quit that job, I certainly wouldn't have the balls to do that. I'm, I'm a bit of a of a pussy when it comes to conflict. I. I just, I don't, I'd prefer not to deal with it. So that's why I've never quit. That's why I really can't relate to this story. I think it's funny as hell. What about you, Raz? Have you ever had an epic quit? I've walked out of a couple jobs. Uh, I, I worked for a ski resort when I was a teenager. And uh, I was oh, there. God. I did. And, and I literally was, I worked in the rentals department. And I was left by myself while the manager and the other employees went back to the office to, to get high and I, we've got a big rush and I was by myself and I finally said, you know what? I've got better things to do with my time. So I just left. <laughs> they called me like half an hour later as I was walking home. Um, you need to come back. I go, you need to kiss my ass. <laughs> and so ended the saga of the Razgris on ice. Hey, it, was a, it was a pretty, you know, in theory, a good job. Um, I would take my breaks. I'd grab a pair of ski blades, and I'd go up on the lift and just come back down on one of the longer courses and go right back into my department and go right back to work because what the hell sponsor am I going to do on my break? Uh, but it, Certainly not get high. No. No, not me. <laughs> I mean, you would have probably loved it, but not me. I would have loved it. <laughs> Well, the next story we have is coming out of Australia, uh, news.com.au. Couple handcuffed together for 123 days immediately break up. You sent me this this morning, and I have not really read through it yet, but I have seen some of the pictures. So let's, let's go with this. Talk about dumping the old ball and chain. After being handcuffed together for a staggering 123 days, Using the bathroom in front of one another and taking turns showering mere inches apart, troubled Ukrainian lovers Alexander Kudley and Victoria—I'm not even going to try to pronounce that—have uh, taken their shackles off and are moving on with uh, from one another. So from now on, for the rest of the story, it's Alexander and Victoria. <laughs> Hooray! Shouted. Duly noted. Hooray! Shouted Victoria, 29, as a giant bolt cutter sliced through the steel chains that bound her and Alexander, 33, for three months, according to the mirror. I'm finally free, she added. <laughs> uh, Victoria, an eyelash technician from the eastern city of uh, Kharkiv, maybe, uh, proposed that. She and Alexander, a car salesman, handcuffed themselves together on Valentine's Day as a last-ditch effort to save their rocky romance. It was decided that it would be an interesting experience for us. Uh, Victoria told Reuters in an onset of her and her Alexander's love lockdown in February. The pair documented their inescapable experiment on Instagram for more than 7,800 7, followers, which... Doesn't really sound like a lot for this three-month commitment, you know. Uh, 
Uh, right. It will bring into my new life bright emotions, which I did not experience before, she said. But instead of adding a ray of sunshine to their cloudy coupledom, it ill-fated <laughs> Ill trial rained hellfire on their relationship. As soon as we find one uh, plus in a situation, immediately there are two minuses. Um, Alexander explained to their followers in an Instagram video posted during the experiment. Uh, Vika wants to get back to the rhythm of her earlier life. She misses what she used to do. Uh, he noted that the difficulties have been linked together had been snowballing. She didn't respond well to my suggestions to keep doing what she likes to do alongside me. In addition to keeping uh, taking care of their personal hygiene in front of one another, uh, Alexander and Victoria went grocery shopping together, took side-by-side -side cigarette breaks, and even accompanied one another to work. <laughs> but Victoria ultimately had to quit her job as a beautician because clients weren't comfortable with uh, Alexander standing over them as she manicured their eyelashes. <laughs> a, consul <laughs> a consultant... Con their, con their consent companionship and lack of personal space sparked four-hour arguments, bitterness, and emotional ne neglect between the two. We stayed together all day. I did not receive any attention from Alexander because we are constantly together. Uh, Victoria told readers at the conclusion of their experience, he did not tell me I miss you uh, while, <laughs> while I would uh, like to hear that. Sorry, some of this is translated and it's difficult. Um, Alexander said the experiment revealed to him that he and Victoria were not like-minded people. Uh, we, <laughs> we're not on the same wavelength. We are totally different. The handcuffs, uh, which left unsightly red burns and bruises on their wrists, were ultimately removed on May 19th. Alexander and Victoria's endurance broke the Yurkarian and world record for the most time a couple was spent chained together. The handcuff-cutting ceremony, supervised by Ukrainian records chief, some dude, was held in front of the country's unity monument in Kiev and broadcast on national television. Uh, the records guy, according to the mirror, plans to in, uh, introduce himself to the newly singled, uh, to the newly singled Victoria. <laughs> he was there for the breakup, and he's gonna swoop in. That's awesome. <laughs> Hey, man. Hey, every, even a blind squirrel gets a nut. <laughs> Jesus. But immediately following being freed from the restraints and announcing her breakup with Alexander on social media, Victoria made it clear she's happy flying solo for a while. <laughs> oh, jeez. I want to live my own independent life and grow as an independent person. The last photo shared on Instagram showed the, the soured sweetheart standing apart and staring at the ground. Alexander and Victoria are now leading separate lives in the distant regions of Ukraine. However, they plan to jointly sell the handcuffs on, in an online auction and donate part of the money to charity per Reuters. As a word of caution, uh, Victoria announced uh, around the world against putting their love, she warned against putting their love to the test by fastening themselves together. <laughs> I think it'd be a good lesson for us and other Ukrainian couples and couples abroad not to repeat what we've done. In what world did somebody think this was a good idea? <laughs> yeah, I am. I mean, I got, I, I got, I got nothing for that. That's just 
that's utterly insipid. I mean, like, that's that's just... What in the ever-loving shit? You... I'll tell you what right now. Quitting your job? Like, you should have known, like... It, it was already a rocky, slippery slope. Was the dude really worth your fucking job? What did you get, like, a cash prize for... You know, setting the world's record that's going to pay for for the fact that you are a dipshit and quit your fucking job for a person you apparently didn't even like. I'd have found out two days in. I'd have been like, nope, cut this damn thing off. You can take your record and shove it. See you later. We're done. Well, you see, you're hung up on the job, but I'm just the fact that she's handcuffed this dude for three months straight. Every time that someone, or even him, even he's handcuffed to her. Every time he had to take a dump, there she is. And uh, I hope that he liked to wipe with the other hand. Otherwise, that was going to be a really awkward situation. But in, in what world do you think that, hey, we're having relationship problems. I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and someone who has succeeded in marriage thus far, in quite a while, I might add, I can tell you that you do not, do not want to spend every waking moment together. You begin to hate things about your partner that it shouldn't even be annoying, but you hate them. I hate the way you chew. I hate the way you breathe. <laughs> you need time apart, folks. This is not couples counseling, but if I had to spend every waking moment with my wife, I would go insane. I'm sure she would as well. You need that separation on occasions. You know, I think a lot of couples have figured that out during the pandemic and during lockdowns. But, you know, um, having it's it's like those people that like that live together and they work together. Oh, no, no, I'm not working with my wife. No, sir. Been there, done that. Yeah. How'd that work out, buddy? Actually, we I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I just I just don't I just don't <laughs> but I'll tell you what though I am on the flip side of that coin with caregiver Katie though because we have a very unique situation because we are very you know literally forced to spend every waking I think the only thing we don't do is no, see, so you know what I mean. Like, we do a lot, like a lot of stuff that couples would never do in front of each other. Like, caregiver Katie has to help me do some of those things. <laughs> you know? But caregiver, like, but caregiver Katie does leave the house without you. Maybe once every month, month and a half. She doesn't go to see the neighbors. Doesn't go outside. Doesn't do anything. I, we always go together. You're disgusting. We, I mean, like, you know, it's it's funny. I actually ended up with my best buddy because we just, we genuinely, we like, we love each other very much, but we really like each other, too. It really, like, it just works out. Like, she'll be reading, like, whatever internet article. Well, I mean, like, and let's just, let's not put lipstick on a pig because caregiver Katie and I both admitted a lot of our patience with each other comes from the fact that I am, in fact, in a wheelchair. Like, I get away with a lot more than the average husband would you know, because I'm in a wheelchair. 
And I am eternally patient because if I cop an attitude and get a bad case of the ass, well, she can look at me and be like, do it your own damn self. And I'll be like, fuck. I, I just want to so, highlight something man. here that I'm pretty sure that Buck just called caregiver Katie a pig. No. Y yeah. No? Yeah. No. Yeah, he did. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> nope. Well, unless you're wearing the lipstick in the house. Listen, man. As long as as long as caregiver Katie doesn't think I called her a pig, I'm not hanging my hat on that nail. No, sir. <laughs> I'll be sure to send her a copy of the recording. Uh... <laughs> and we need to get a douche button. Okay. Like every time that you say something or do something like that, we need a sound effect of that. Douche. <laughs> Well, our next story is coming out of India, and we, we know what the, every time we have a story out of India, it involves one of two things. Um, it, a name you can't pronounce. Well, no, that, that, that's all of them. That's every single one of them. That's the common, the common bond, the tie that binds. But no, the, the, the two stories, the topics always consist of either um, some woman getting mad and like cutting some guy's dick off. That happens so many times. Or weddings. Indian weddings are apparently some of the most coolest things you could ever go to because you never know what's going to happen and who's actually going to get married. <laughs> How many stories have we covered where some somebody has like just said fuck this at the altar and married somebody in the crowd? Yeah. It's like, you know, guy realizes that he doesn't like his you know, wife, but marries her mom. Like what? Like what? What? It's usually somebody else in the wedding party. Uh, but it's, it's it's like an Asian Jerry Springer. I guess this is the uh, New India Express. Uh, groom walks out of wedlock, protesting absence of mutton at feast. Marries another woman. <laughs> what? Yes. Oh. Uh. This is, I can't pronounce the name of the town, Japur, Japur, maybe, yeah. A man walked out on his bride, uh, his wedding today, after her family failed to serve mutton at the feast on Wednesday. This 27-year-old groom identified as Ramakant Petra. So, now a, <laughs> so his name is Petra now. <laughs> uh, later married another woman of the area before returning home. Bizarre, but true. Sources say Petra, a resident of some place in the neighboring something district, re reached <laughs> reached this place village in the something block with, with in a procession to marry on Wednesday afternoon. On reaching the venue, he was welcomed by the bride's family and after necessary rituals, taken into the hall for lunch. Before the food was served, members of the wedding party demanded mutton curry. As the same was not prepared, uh, the Baratis entered in an argument with the bride's family and members of those serving food. The situation turned ugly and soon blew out of proportion. When Petra came to know that mutton had not been cooked for the wedding party, he called off the marriage, taking everyone by surprise. Uh, through the bride's family members pleading with him, he tried to persuade him, they, they tried to persuade him to change his mind. 
All their efforts went in vain as the groom left the place along with his kin. Petra went to a relative's house in a different village in a different place. I can't pronounce this crap. I'm not even going to try. And they, where they stayed for the rest of the day. He later, later married another woman of a different place uh, in a different place at the same night before returning to some place. <laughs> No complaint was lodged with the local police in uh, in this connection. Such um, high-handedness by grooms and their families has been reported. This, okay. <laughs> Quit giving me this India crap that I can't read. <laughs> or you start reading them. Oh, my Lord. But... Raz, all I can do is think <laughs> is think of like an animation flowchart behind you <laughs> with like a map of India <laughs> and like Comic Sans or like Kindergarten Script someplace with like the E backwards. Okay, so oh my god, you, t- you give the dyslexic guy the job of reading this nonsense. And then you give me stuff that it's just uh, even a person that can read normally would have a trouble reading. And then you expect me to read it live. No. All right. Screw you. I sent it to you. I sent it to you on Facebook. You, know you read that son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Next episode, I'll sit here and try to open a cheese stick before you can finish an article. <laughs> well, some of the articles you send me are so damn short. But yeah. Uh, well, well uh, you know what, though? I don't want a short article. I can't open a freaking cheese stick with finesse, grace, speed. I'm telling you, I look handicapped when I do it. You look handicapped any day of the week. That's the joke, Raz. That's the joke. (laughs) Oh, jeez. So, I've actually seen some pretty screwed up wedding once. (laughs) I saw a wedding where the, 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 the... groom went to put the ring on the bride and it didn't like go over her knuckle really easy she just took the ring and winged it <laughs> the wedding kept going but with no rings <laughs> oh well wow yeah and then that at my wedding i'm gonna throw this out there um when i got to the porsche they were getting near the end of the stuff after where the where the, the the pastor is speaking um he took a breath at which point my wife then turns and like tr- tries to like quietly yell at the guy to say, you may kiss the bride. <laughs> thinking, they, thinking that he forgot his place when in reality he was just taking a breath. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. You were there. <laughs> uh, I was there. There was an abnormally long pause. <laughs> like... <laughs> And he just looks at her and says, yes, we're getting there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, you have any good wedding stories? I saw this one uh, wedding where where this clown got married by walking down the aisle to the Imperial March. That sounds like a real awesome dude. Yeah. <laughs> I should do a podcast with him. You should. You should, you should, you should. you should call it the Social Liability Podcast. <laughs> huh. I wonder if I could be talking about you. It, I think somebody should leave it. You know what? A- anybody listening, leave us a comment. Who do you think I'm talking about? <laughs> and I'll make it. 
Yeah, we'll, 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 you know, episode 57, we'll come back to this topic. You know, we were talking about bum, 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 and then I'll let you know. Yeah, let's see how that works out. Uh, this is being reported by the Stroke Sentinel. Yes, I said that correctly. The Stroke Sentinel. Ah. I'm sorry, I did say it wrong. It's the Stoke Sentinel. <laughs> Why aren't you the one reading this stuff? Uh, shoplifter. I, I have double vision. I can't, you know, I can't focus on it. Oh, sh- I could wear an eye patch, but then I'd look like a crippled pirate. Fuck that, man. <laughs> that might be awesome. <laughs> oh, man, when I had long hair and a beard. Oh. It would be kind of kind of cool. Be the R. Get get out of me, special handicap parking spot. R. Yeah. I get to walk the plank every time I get off the get out of the van. I'm gonna make you wheel the plank. R. Roll the plank. Roll the plank. Into the asphalt sea. What's a, so Raz? What's a what? What is a pirate's favorite letter? R. Nay, tis the sea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I, I didn't even hit the button for that. <laughs> so this is reported by the Stoke Sentinel out of the UK. Shoplifter leaves loot outside as he goes back into supermarket to buy carrier bag. A shoplifter has been jailed for stealing multiple goods on the Stoke and Trent's supermarkets. Gavin Lancaster, who is so notorious for his thieving ways, he's on a first-name terms with the security <laughs> targeting Aldi, B&M, and Tesco across the city over several days. On one occasion, he even left his stolen loot outside the store so he could head back inside to buy a carrier bag to take it away. The total value of the items the 35-year-old swiped was Two thousand one hundred and seventy-nine point nine nine pounds, which I'm not sure what that Ooh. is. And convert two thousand one hundred and seventy-nine pounds to U.S. dollars. Let's see. What's Siri tell us? Three thousand twenty-five dollars. Holy crap! Oh my gosh! That's a lot of groceries. Uh, now Lancaster, who has 73 convictions for 171 offenses, has been jailed for 12 months. Joshua Purser, prosecutor, said on March 30th, 2021, he stole alcohol speakers and candles from B&M at a value of $350. On April 3rd, 2021, he stole a hedge trimmer from Aldi. On April 5th, he stole 50 pounds worth of alcohol from Aldi. And on April 30th, he attempted to... St- Excuse me, steal 755 pounds from Tesco. He also attempted to steal two TVs from Tesco at a value of 428 pounds. He is no stranger to this. He takes the items, puts them out, and goes back in as he's released, and he needs a bag, and he buys one. That's really weird way of putting it. Lancaster of Hardy Road, Walsall went on to plead guilty to six counts of shoplifting and one count of attempted shoplifting. Uh, Paul K. mitigating said, He is known very well to the staff in the shops. The security man knows him by his first name. He asked if he could keep the TV. He, d- <laughs> he doesn't want to cause anyone any harm. It's a short span of offending. He sells them to buy drugs and to- or to pay off debts. 
jailing the defendant, Judge Paul Glenn told him, it's significant planning which places you in a high culpability situation. Uh, it sounds like there might be something going on here, um, mental health-wise. <laughs> so Maybe. Maybe. But, yeah, shoplifters are always fun. <laughs> I mean... You know what? I'm... You 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 always comment that you're lame and you you know reference my experience on like you know my limited drug usage career, but I'm I'm actually in fact the lame one because I I know nothing about shoplifting or any of this shit. Like this is all your wheelhouse. Are you saying I'm a shoplifter? No, but I'm saying that you've dealt with shoplifters far more frequently than a. Actually, you know, the, you know, the funny thing is, before I met you, I actually was a professional shoplifter. Exactly. I, I was paid to be a shoplifter. I swear to God, that was the job I did. Um, I would I would literally get hired. So a company would contract to our company, and I would uh, go there. Nobody would know who I was, and I would get hired on to work at a store. Most of them like grocery stores and like box stores, stuff like that. Uh, so even the managers of the stores didn't know who I was and I would work there for six to nine weeks. Um, basically catching, you know, I, I was allowed to steal whatever I wanted as long as I documented it. So I always stole food that way I could eat it. Um, but other times I'd steal other stuff too. But if it was like, like tangible goods, they had to be returned, but like food and anything perishable, I was allowed to keep. So I stole a lot of food. Um, but I, I would like for the first couple weeks, just watch. And then I would, um, start stealing little stuff in front of employees to see if anybody turned me in. And then, uh, then I would start doing bigger stuff, get more brazen up until near the end. And I'd just be straight up like, <laughs> like meth head stealing, you know, just walking in, grabbing stuff and walking out. And then we would, you know, at the end, you know, we'd get rid of the employees that we knew were stealing and, uh, kind of cut them that way. And then we would come in, uh, and other contracts and, uh, we would spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday just shoplifting all day, every day. Me and a partner would go in and we'd just steal as much as we could. And then on Monday morning, they'd have a scheduled staff meeting. We'd start wheeling in shopping carts with everything we took over the weekend. And then we'd teach employees how to uh, identify shoplifters and how to interact with them and um, how to deter it. And then we'd put uh, uniform security in those types of places and train them. So we would be there for like a good three months. And, uh, and then we'd move on to the next store and do it all over again. I, I, I got paid to be a shoplifter. I'm very good at it. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was funny because you get near the end and you just get more brazen. Um, with, the, with the box stores, especially the blue ones, it, it was ridiculously easy. I would literally walk in, grab a cart, walk to the back, grab TVs off of the display, and walk out the front door. And typically you were never challenged. It was ridiculous. Um yeah, you, you, you try being all coy and, and trying to act like a freaking secret squirrel, and then you realize, I don't have to do this. <laughs> right. Okay. So, I, I it was a fun job. It, it was a good experience. Okay, and we're back, and we got a couple more stories yet, Buck. Um, if, 
there is some problems still going on with our connection in regards to YouTube, but this is on my end this time. So if you're watching this on the video version, you may see some issues, but the audio version's working just fine. So I'd like to remind everyone, they should subscribe to us on Anchor or uh, Radio Public or Apple Podcasts or anything of that nature, because the audio version, ah, it's always great. But let's go to thehill.com, Changing America. Florida man... Yes. Oh, wait. No. Just because. I got to do it. Hang on. Florida man, Florida man, does whatever the fuck he can. Makes headlines every time. Florida's paradigm. Look out. Here comes Florida man. Florida man attacks gay tourists, but they fight back. The attack is being investigated as a potential hate crime. Uh, Three gay men from Alabama were visiting Miami Beach when a Florida man approached them about their sexuality. Are you gay? I don't like gay people, the man said. According to the voice victim, we spoke to a local news outlet saying that he feared for his life. He ended up spitting at me, and then uh, that's when he threw a beer at me. Glenford Rahul, uh, 24, then allegedly hit the 18-year-old tourist who did not want to share his name in the back of a chair and with in the back with a chair and threw a punch before the victim stabbed the attacker who pulled out and the implement uh, and wielded it that that doesn't make any sense at all get some get some editors in here but this dude swings a chair at the dude and he just like turns around and stabs him that's awesome <laughs> wow the three friends 18 and 20 uh took off and police arrived at the scene rahul was arrested and taken to the hospital now facing charges of three counts of battery. It looked like a knife in his hand. Uh, Sherbrooke Hotel owner Mitch Novak told WSVN, whose surveillance cameras captured the incident, people were turning around with fears and fear in their eyes. While Miami Beach is often considered friendly for the LGBTQ plus residents and visitors, Florida's Republican governor has taken several anti-LGBTQ stances and recently enacted a law targeting transgender and gender non-conforming youth. It's a hate crime, the third victim told WSVN about the incident. You know, no one should be treated like that. Police are, are reportedly investigating the case and submitting it for review to a hate crime prosecutor. LGBTQ Americans are among those targeted by hate crimes, which spiked last year to the highest levels in more than a decade. Uh, the third and fourth most uh, motivations were sexually orientation and gender identity, according to FBI report. And the number is likely to be higher as it only accounts for crimes both reported to law enforcement agencies and by those agencies to the FBI. So dude swings a chair and takes and ends up get taken a knife. <laughs> I I don't know if. I would escalate that far, but I mean, like, if you're going to be swinging chairs, I mean, you've you've escalated to the point where knife play is appropriate. Yeah, I, I in was... my in my opinion, I mean, like, guy got what he deserved. I'd say that use of force well, continuum. Not what he deserved. In a use in a use conform use yeah use use of force continuum, you you can go one step higher. So I think knife is like right above chair. So I think I think we're good. <laughs> Right. I mean, you know, again, you know, me personally, I don't think I would go that far with a chair. But, I mean, I can't blame somebody else for doing it. That's for sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I've seen some fights escalate, um, and you know, it, it's always it's always funny when the aggressor gets gets what's coming to him at the end. You know, where the, the person that's being attacked ends up coming out on top. Um, you know, we would talk about we talk about prisons an awful lot, and I hate doing it, but it's it's there's so many stories. Uh, I think one of my favorites though is the um, the guy that was trying to take a shower and. Uh, three other inmates were just really like on this guy. It, it was a it was a race thing, and they ended up throwing the guy's um, clothes into the water and taking the chair and set them on to try to keep them dry. And he just walks out of the shower butt naked and knocked the guy out three times before he hit the ground. Bam, 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 and then walked over and just <laughs> put his hands behind his back and said, "Okay, I'm ready to go in the hole." <laughs> yep, I remember that too. <laughs> And he was a model inmate in the hole too. He didn't care. What what they when they were picking on, what they didn't realize is he was a trained MMA fighter. <laughs> He'd actually. Are you talking about Neil? No, no. This happened in in the minimum security over in the in the in the quads. Okay. Um, okay. But this <laughs> it wasn't even a fight. It was just a thump thump thump. That was it. It's over. <laughs> yeah. You know what though, it, but but you know the point is though is that the, you know the people who were going in there and trying to strong arm the dude got what they what they deserve. As know, the people who were aggressing, just the people the aggressors got served, and yeah. that's that's always such a vindicating feeling. You know, I hate to say it, you know, but I will say that there were a couple of times where I saw fights happen in prison. Where I've just looked at the situation and been like, yeah, dude needed to get his ass beat. Like when, Singleton, like when Singleton got his ass kicked in the shower. <laughs> yeah, had to, take him, had to take him to the hospital. Thought that he was going to go strong arming some little, some, you know, small, small little blonde boy. Nope. Nope. That, nope. That guy, like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh! But either way, you know man, the you know what the best like, you know what the best part about that whole thing was, is you're talking about the situation where this inmate had his jaw shattered. They wired it. Yeah. They wired it shut, and they took him to a, a unit that is normally used for classification, but it had a cell that had a shower in it, uh, negative airflow. It was supposed to be for medical cases, but that's where they put this dude. Um, and I was there when he came back from the hospital. And was put in that cell. And they brought me his lunch. And I got to give him his lunch. Which consisted of two styrofoam cups. With a with a, with a fluid. I'm not sure if I'd call it a fluid. <laughs> and a straw. Um, and the smell was horrible. So I had to call down to the kitchen. What is this? They put hot dogs in a blender. <laughs> And poured them into, into two cups and sent to this guy with a straw and wished him luck. <laughs> and that's when the prison's contract with Aramark changed. <laughs> right. They put hot dogs in a blender. <laughs> dude, we gotta keep on moving on, dude, but like Guy got his shit kicked in for being a fucking loud talker, and we like seeing that happen. Yeah. 
It, and we do. We do. We actually all do. It's a, it's a fun time. <laughs> well, the next is being reported well, by the... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's just, you know, when somebody acts like a social liability, it's nice that we get, like, somebody who just steps up and is like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not today, son. The next story is coming out of the Palm Beach Post. Real news starts here. Really? Because I don't think you should make news. You should just report it. But hey, whatever. Uh, man escapes on lawnmower from intoxicated, machete-wielding man. Oh. Yeah. A man told authorities he was able to narrowly escape an intoxicated, machete-wielding man on Monday in Delray Beach by riding off on a lawnmower. Jose Flores, 27, faces charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and resisting an officer. He remains in Palm County Jail without bail. On Monday, a man doing work near the 10,000 block of Atlantic Avenue west of Delray Beach told authorities that a person later identified as Rodez Flores um, uh, motioned for him to come over to him. When the man made his way over on the lawnmower, Flores took out a machete from his jeans and came after him. According to the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, where does one hide a machete in their jeans? Uh, the man told authorities he uh, watched his alleged attacker get on a bike but fell off because he was too intoxicated. Uh, the paper did not indicate in the report if Flores was drunk at the time. Uh, deputies found Flores hiding nearby at his residence in nothing but his boxers. Authorities wrote that he was uncooperative as they took him to his to their patrol car. Flores does not appear to have any previous record in Palm Count Palm Beach County. Where does one hide a machete? I have no idea. Like the perplexed look on my face started after you said hid a machete, and I was like, hmm, yeah. where would that be? That like. How could we accomplish that effectively? Flores took a machete out of his jeans and came after him. Okay, so the machete was in his jeans. Did it not just say that he was on a bicycle? He tried to get on a bicycle, but he was too drunk and fell over. As the guy went away on his lawnmower. (laughs) Or was it the machete in his jeans? The machete was in his jeans. But when the guy like fled on his lawnmower, he tried to get on a bike to go after him, but it fell off the bike. After he, uh, hopefully he took the machete out of his jeans before he tried to get on the bike. Well, yeah, he pulled the jeans out to try to cut the guy on the lawnmower. Okay, good. Do you need a flow? Right. Do you need a flow chart? No, I think you know. I think the dots have connected. But still, <laughs> hiding machete in your jeans, like what did? He, where did the bike come from? <laughs> I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about the bike. I'm worried about the machete. <laughs> but that's. I just don't understand. Like, how did he arrive at the location with the machete in his jeans? Like the guy conducted it. Like he maneuvered his. Like that. That's what. That's the missing piece. <laughs> that's. I think you're missing piece I, of this puzzle. I think you're getting hung up on the wrong, wrong, wrong issues here. <laughs> I might be, man, but like. I just, I, I guess I am hung up on the fact that I just, want, I just want to know how we got there. Like, did he steal the bike? Did he walk up drunk and like see a bike standing there? <laughs> just crime of opportunity. There's, there's just, 
There's so many things that I just don't know. I just, I don't know. Well, our last story comes from the Philly Voice. Police kick out group holding exorcism for the dead trees at Pennsylvania Home Depot. <laughs> there are places oh. there are places to hold an exorcism and places to maybe avoid having an exorcism. <laughs> any, <laughs> any, any guess where the lumber aisle of Home Depot falls? <laughs> Okay, so the author's already a smart ass, and I'm, I'm I can appreciate I can appreciate that. Yeah, I'm digging that. A police report from Dickinson City in Lackawanna County raises eyebrows this week for a bizarre description of an incident that happened on Monday. Quote: 3:26 p.m. Commerce Boulevard at Home Depot for disorderly people having an exorcism in the lumber aisle for the dead trees. <laughs> they were escorted out of the. <laughs> they they were escorted out of the building. A call placed with the Dickinson City Police uh, elicited, elicited a chuckle from one officer. There were two people hanging out in the lumber department doing their little exorcism thing, the officer said. <laughs> Some people at the store started picking up on something that was happening that was not necessarily normal. <laughs> Police were called to the store and they were escorted out of the building. The individuals will not be charged, the officer said. Uh... <laughs> an employee who answered the phone at Home Depot said the store had no comment on the incident. The real shame is that the day and age when every unwelcome encounter at a business is filmed and shared online, no one seems to have had a good sense to get footage of what happened. <laughs> Exorcisms are scary business. Whether it's the stuff you see in fictional accounts of true stories like the conjuring series or in documentaries that explore demonic possessions such as the devil and father amor uh, on netflix can trees possess be possessed though can, can they be used for spiritual healing and punishment m night Shyamalan explored this bit in the 2008 eco slasher the happening but that was pure fiction Sounds strange as it sounds, Benjamin Franklin and some other guy conducted placebo-controlled medical experiments in 1784 to debunk the healing practices devised by Franz Mesmer. The study... Uh, we just keep going on. This guy's looking for word count here, but... And there's nothing more about the actual exorcism. But, um... What do you do if you turn turn the corner in, in the store, like... Home Depot, for example. <laughs> There's somebody having an exorcism for lumber. I would proceed to go from second to fifth gear, do a 180, and immediately vacate the area. It is kind of a shame that no one got footage of it. <laughs> I have to agree with the author. Like oh, no, I would be like, oh, this I is too good. <laughs> See, that's, that's, you know, you're the type of person that keeps the world going, my friend. The kind of guy who's like, where's my phone? See, where's my camera? I, I'm, I'm actually, the guy no, no, goes, see, I'm actually, Where? I'm actually not. I do not, I, I, I actually really do hate the practice that every time something bad happens to somebody, uh, we have to take out a camera and videotape it as opposed to trying to help them. I, I'm actually disgusted by that. Um, but in this particular, so are you saying you would help them exercise the planks of wood? No, what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, in this particular instance, nobody was being hurt. It was just a bizarre situation. Uh, so, th in that situation right there, uh, videotaping it may be appropriate. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like you, you know, 
You're the kind of guy who would have the foresight to do that. Me, I would just want a GTFO. <laughs> I live in a world where everybody runs faster angry than I do scared. I'm not recording shit. Are you, are you sure? Because that chair is pretty quick. It's called Seven a quickie. Miles. It's, it's called a quickie, isn't it? Yes. Nothing beats a quickie. Except for, you know, a biped with an attitude. I'm, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I don't want that. I'm, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'd be out. 180. See you later. <laughs> Fuck this shit. I'm out. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I mean, I can. Sure. I, I would think that it wasn't. Uh, exorcism is not the first thing that comes to mind. I would think they were like doing a memorial service for all the trees that we killed or something of that nature. But why an exorcism? I want to know. These are the questions that we need answers for. I still want to know where the bike came from. Why are you hung up on? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you would. You would. Well, well, Buck. Unfortunately, that's the uh, the last of our stories for this week. Uh, <laughs> I would like to a little call to action, folks. Uh, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy the Social Liability Podcast. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, we don't send out the notifications about anything other than new episodes, which only come out once a week. Uh, we are looking at recording a bonus episode uh, with a very special guest here, hopefully this week, I hope. And we'll be pushing that out on our uh, audio platforms only. There will be no video uh, of the bonus episode for reasons that cannot be disclosed at this time. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't subscribed yet on uh, Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, uh, please do so. And um, we'll, you know, it doesn't cost anything. It, it, we, all you thing we ask you to pay is attention. Anything else, but That's it. No, I just, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that, you know, we got to put on the podcast. I have a great time doing it and, you know, following suit with you, my friend, I, you know, I would encourage people to like and subscribe, you know, all you got to do, like Raz said, is just pay us attention. So I hope everybody has a great week and next time we'll have a something, something brand new episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, I'm the Raz Grease. My co-host is the Buck Rundle, wishing you a great and happy week.